Hey, welcome to Recharting Your Life with Hope. I'm Hope Cook, creator and host. If you feel stuck, restless, overwhelmed, or dissatisfied with your current life, despite your life looking pretty good on paper, or at least on social media, I can totally relate. Together, we'll figure out how to take the next right step. I'll interview women who are a little farther along on the path and get tips and ideas from them. I definitely don't have it figured out, so I'll share the ups and downs of my own journey with you. Let's get started because life is too short to waste in autopilot. If you want to be the best possible version of you, you're in the right place. Welcome, everybody. Today, I've got Michelle Rado with me. Michelle is coming to us from Maine. Yes, indeed. I've got my hat on. <laughs> it's yeah, cold. It's a little chillier than I am. I'm pretty warm today. It's definitely cold here today. It's like in the low 20s. Wow. Yeah. And Michelle's going to tell us about her journey. So I know Michelle from a writing group. We both had the same writing coach and they she broke us off into little groups, and I was lucky enough to get Michelle in my group. So Aren't you we sweet? Have, um, met up weekly now for months, so we know each other pretty well. And Michelle um, moved to Maine from Boston, right? Indeed, yes. Hope got to witness my transition from a crazy working to now I'm in the crazy city working to country rural Maine yeah <laughs> and I love hearing about Michelle's life you know going for jogs and worrying about what was the animal that you were worried about getting you uh, 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 like some sort of mountain lion perhaps <laughs> I don't even know yeah so Michelle, you used to, so she's had quite a, a journey from point A to point B, and there still may be point C and D in between or at the end. But Michelle, tell us about where you were maybe a year ago. Yeah. So thanks so much for having me, Hope. I'm really thrilled to be talking with you and have feel similarly that I was so glad you're in our group and it's been fun getting to know you and get to know each other. So um, gosh, I, like a year ago, you know, I, I've been working for WGBH radio for a very long time. So when I go like a year ago versus 10 years ago versus 20 years ago it's all the and same. more, it's, it's the same, but it's very different. And I think this idea of like feeling stuck that we've talked about, like, it just happens again and again and again. And so I've been thinking about this a lot lately and I'm trying to think where I was a year ago. So there was no coronavirus. Um, we, you know, I was the creative manager for a small team of people who did the honor traffic and promotion for sort of two and a half radio stations in Boston we did all the on-air promotion and imaging for WGBH radio and for WCRB, which is the 24-hour classical station. So both public stations in Boston. 
Um, and then we did the trafficking, which is not like cars honking and gridlock, <laughs> but it is the scheduling of all the spots. Um, wow. And we did the scheduling of spots for our Cape Cod station as well. So I, I oversaw this little team. Um, and this they, is NPR, y'all. This is not like, yes. she's making it sound like this tiny little radio station. This is <laughs> NPR. <laughs> we are an NPR affiliate. Yes, that's exactly right. Um, and we also, we sort of have had branded ourselves as Boston's local NPR. So we did, we were, we certainly carried a whole bunch of NPR shows, but we were also very local focused and did, a, had a robust local newsroom. And much of the work that I did imaging the station and promoting uh, sort of the personality of who our station was to the public. Mm -hmm. That was my job and I loved that and was very much around serving the local community and talking about the issues that were most important to the places that we lived in Boston. So I, I loved it, you know, I think, I think you and I talked about some similarities that when you love what you do, it's, um, it's very meaningful, it's very important. It doesn't mean there are aspects of it that you end up feeling stuck about. And I think that because I had been there so long, I started there when I was, I went to Northeastern University and I was a co-op student there and I was a music major. So my life was very different. I was very sort of musically oriented. And I got an internship at WGBH when wow. they were doing both classical music and news together. And over the years, I sort of developed both sides of those of myself, I should say. So um, when I had the chance to then, I had the chance to do so many different projects over the years, basically. Yeah. Um, and also at one point, sort of, Beard off, got a master's degree from Lesley University, which was a school in Cambridge, um, Massachusetts, people may or may not have heard of, but I got an independent study degree um, about storytelling and I produced a video about my relationship with my mom. So um, I didn't know all that. Yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> there's a lot of stuff along the way. I know I talk about Danny Shapiro, who I love so much and she talks about how her mom was her muse and I would say my mom is my muse in an interesting way you know like my mom and I have had a lot of uh we don't see the world the same way but um I think I've tried to grapple with that through like producing this video that I did so kind of going all over the place here but um, storytelling was part of your, I, I'm seeing that as a thread that kind of has been woven through your life. Yes, absolutely. And I always loved writing. Um, even when I was 12 years old, I, my family moved to a, a new house. We were in an apartment and moved to our own house. And I had this attic bedroom where I spent the whole summer, um, the year that we moved there, typing on my mom's typewriter. And I decided I wanted to write the book that I did not find at the library. Like I had oh, read, wow. <laughs> I had read Laura Ingalls Wilder like a million times. I had read 
tons of Judy Bloom, Bloom books. And if I read any book once, I read it like over and over and over again. Yeah. And when I got, I like kept combing the shelves of the library in my town. And when I couldn't find a new book that really sort of like was going to satisfy me, I, I think I was looking for something with a little more, you know, action in it. I was like <laughs> getting curious about boys and dating and, you know, the way our bodies feel as we grow up. And, and I wasn't seeing that quite so many places. And so I wrote this book about a girl who had a boyfriend and just sort of like was the life I wanted to yeah. have. And it's so embarrassing. I look at it now and go, oh boy. But I mean, but I wrote a book. So I was really. <laughs> That's impressive, Michelle. Thank you. It was, I thought it was just something I wanted to do and I did it, which I think is sort of like, does come full circle eventually, but. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I love that, you know, years ago, I read a book, it's something like rewriting your story. And it's like, if you don't have the life that you love, why not rewrite it? We get to write our own story and create new chapters and kill off characters if we yeah. want <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, I know. And, um, and I think as much as I was very um, seated in the real world, all the time, um, that's where this sort of cyclical nature that I feel like we might not always be doing the things that we like, or there might be very frustrating aspects to the jobs that we have that we love this part of it so much but yeah. the other part of it is like I can't take it anymore and I think that that was a continual like tussle back and forth mm -hmm. for me so as much as I loved my team I loved all the work that I got to do um, it was a lot of work it was like a constant onslaught of work because we were a 24 7 news station plus being yeah other stuff. And um, I don't know, I, I say this all the time to anybody who I talk to about the radio, but you know, broadcast radio is 24 seven of work. And so if you're gonna take a weekend off, you got to get the weekend done in advance. And if you're going to take a holiday off, you got to get the holiday done in advance. If you're going to take a vacation, you got to either have someone fill in for you or get that done in advance. So it, it just was an on an onslaught of stuff and it was tiring. Do you feel like it was more of a pull, like you felt restless and you felt a pull towards something or was it more of a, like a push from burnout? You know, it's it was a little of both, I have to say. Um, I think there were certainly aspects of my job that I got really burnt out about. I, I think that are things that probably aren't uncommon that many people get burnt out about that have to do with politics and bureaucracies and sort of the parts of the things that we have to do and not that we want to do or there's conflict that has to be resolved in a way or there's some big project that has to happen that you're just not into and getting through those things it's sort of like I used to say to my people whenever I had something like that come up it's like well this is why they call it work um, mm -hmm. you know so that was that was certainly part of it but there were other parts to me um that i definitely always felt a pull towards and um i think 
right now, as you know, I'm also in the midst of working on a memoir. Um, so I've been doing a lot of going back and looking at my journal, which I brought here with me today. And um, there were, I feel like there were all these clues uh -huh. when I go back and look at myself from um, five years ago in particular, because that was when I found out that I had a large precancerous polyp in yeah. my rectum and had to get surgery and so I was just if you don't mind I don't know else I don't know if I'm jumping ahead but I, it was something that I realized today that I was thinking I wrote in my journal the day before I had to go back to work yeah and so this was kind of a funny like oh gosh and this was you know in the midst of I, I literally I guess it was I was supposed to be going back to work in early March of 2015. Um, I think that that was when I got the promotion to being management. So running my own little department with the folks that I had been working with. Um, and I said, I can't believe I'm now at the final day um, at home of my post-surgical recovery. So I'd had my surgery and it had all gone well. I had about um, five or six weeks that I had to stay at home. I say had to, but I loved it. Um, I'm not looking forward to going back to work. I've totally loved my time at home. Not once have I been bored or restless. I always have a task or lots of tasks to do. I read books. I've written in my journals. I've started some pieces. I've connected with some old friends. I There was a podcast I was producing at that time. I like did an episode of that podcast. Um, I've Oh, it's funny. It's just so funny. As you know, there was like a leak in our ceiling and I had to deal with like getting the <laughs> home yeah. project taken care of. Um, there was a friend of mine who was starting a cable community access TV show and he wanted me to help him out with it. So I'm like, I'm getting to work on this project. And so it just, when I think about what I'm doing now, this feels like I have all these projects going on. I have all this house stuff yeah. I have to deal with and I love it all the time. And I, I said, I think I have been much clearer about my own needs and desires. I love that. And you were home with, after having surgery on your intestines and you're you're saying this was so much better than going <laughs> to work <laughs> yes, and I yes. who were burned out and they would like look forward to a hysterectomy or <laughs> you know anything to to have some time off <laughs> yes exactly I was I literally I, I mean I was scared about surgery I didn't know what was going to happen I didn't know how it would turn out obviously um but when I found out that I was going to have to have like five weeks at home, I was secretly thrilled. I was yeah. like, oh my God, I don't have to go to work for five weeks. That's forever. It felt like forever. You had the clues, but we just don't see them at the time or we see them, but we choose to ignore them. And I also think that it's often the case where the universe throws us like a you know, a bone to like, oh, well, let me give you a, a managerial, you know, raise a promotion. And then you're like, oh, all right, I'll stay a little bit longer. And you stayed five more years, right? Or at mm -hmm. least four more years. Yeah. Yeah. I stayed five more years, essentially. 
Um, again, because it's like, then it, I sort of feel like, you know, life comes back in. It's my job. I'm working. I still find it very satisfying, you know, so there's that pull back and forth. But I would just be like, I can't take this anymore. And, you know, I think after so many cycles around again and again and again of like, okay, this is great. All right, I've been here a really long time. It's time for me to do something else. I, I should do something else. And um, yeah, and I am. And so um, having the chance for us, my husband and I to move to Maine um, and have that be again, a chance to start, like I've been taking the um, workshop that you and I took with Nadine Kenny Johnstone, who has been an amazing writing coach and runs great workshops. And the thing that I think felt so good to me about Nadine is just how authentic she is and how she emphasizes that we can do what we wanna do authentically. You know, so that really resonated with me for her. Because when you first left your job, you didn't know what it was you wanted to do. It wasn't like you knew that you wanted to be a podcaster or a writer or a... Well, I think that I did. I think I knew I had been working on a memoir for... Well, I had been wanting to work on a memoir for a long time. And when I started working with Nadine, that was when I really started in earnest saying, I'm going to tell this story about my recovery um, and how it was a parallel to the time that I've spent also listening to my gut because I did have GI surgery. And so I think my, my physical recovery has been a real bit of a roller coaster ride. Um, but listening to my own gut digestive system has been a real learning experience. And I think that our bodies are metaphors. They, they, they are, they're not even metaphors. They're literally ourselves. When we listen to our gut, if I do the thing that my gut tells me I need to do, um, it's helped me emotionally too. I think the way I said that, like, I didn't know when I was writing that, that it's like, this is what I want to do. I want to like write and do podcasts. And here I am, I'm writing and I'm doing podcasts. So, and you're listening to your gut. Yes, exactly. Yeah, patients in dermatology who don't listen to their gut and, you know, they develop these autoimmune conditions and stress plays such an important role in, in inflammation in the body. Yeah. And so I don't know that your uh, tumor was due to anything like that, but it was your body's way of, you know, you slowed down because of it and you took notice and. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I paid attention when something happened and I was, you know, so grateful that I did. Cause I think, I mean, I, my symptoms, I won't go into them because they're not necessarily all that pleasant, but um but I do, I do write about them. So. <laughs> um, when I did, you know, when I had that, I, it, it was hard to ignore, but I think it was also hard to pin down what was really happening because for polyps and such, you know, something that was headed towards cancer, um, I didn't have sort of the classic symptoms 
it was a little different. So I had to, it took a while to track down what was going on. Did it take a while um, for you to listen to your gut? I mean, what, what were some of the things you remember that you, when, when you were thinking about leaving the radio station, did you have these clues or was it just an internal like feeling that, you know, I need to leave? Um, it was, yeah, I think it was an internal feeling. I need to leave because I, again, because I loved it so much, like it fed a huge part of me. Mm -hmm. Um, so, and that's why I think I stuck with it for so long. I mean, I had many colleagues, my, my closest colleague, um, and coworker who I keep in touch with. I mean, I really keep in touch with my little team that I had, um, he, many people would marvel. They would be like, Michelle, how is it that you've been here for 30 years? And honestly, I was, I've always been a little embarrassed about that because it feels like, oh, I never did anything else, but it was really a combination of loving what I did enough and being, uh, you know, it's not like I was some great hero for this you know it was a lot of security it was huge yeah. job security and um made a huge difference for me to to work at a place that people knew what it was recognized it um you know that has a huge pull so it can be hard to even walk away from something that looks really good but i think that um in listening to what your sister-in-law said on your one of your prior episodes I love that she had that um listen to that when a an idea opens in the universe and sort of not necessarily hands it to you but when it opens up that you're like this is something that could work for you it's mm -hmm. time to jump and I was scared stiff to jump. I don't know how much you could tell at the time that I was like, oh my God, I've been there for 30 years. I'm so scared. I was, I was, I was terrified. I really was. I was like, I can't imagine what my life's going to be like, but. And then how after you quit your job, did you move to Maine? We moved like, you know, like a week, right? Yeah. I mean, it felt like a week. It was, we, 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 we left on the 30th and then it ended up, um, we ended up moving on July 17th. So it was a huge whirlwind wow. in that time and amidst a, you know, pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> so that was like no small thing. It was, that was made it especially stressful. How have you coped with the so you quit your job. You didn't have anything immediately lined up. You were working on your memoir, moving to a new area, an old house, right? An old farmhouse. Yep. 1820 farmhouse. And did you go through a period where it was really hard to, you, you'd let go of your identity as a, as Michelle, the lady who works for the radio station. And did you go through a period where you were like, who am I? You know, that's a good question. Um, maybe, maybe a little bit, because yeah, it's like, I did hold on to that. It was a huge part of my identity for a long time. Um, and so to kind of let that go and, and it, it all became past tense. Mm -hmm. um, 
that was weird. It's like, well, yes, who am I now if I'm not a producer and creative manager anymore? Um, yeah. And then you began to dip your toe in these other areas. Then. Yeah, yeah. So I, I am so grateful that we had our group at that time because that really helped provide a lot of structure for me. Um, not only just obviously moving to a new place and all the logistics of getting set up with that, um, but, you know, Nadine was so great with sort of laying before us a huge buffet or cornucopia, I don't know, I guess it's a food analogy of options of things for us to do because it was about building a platform wasn't necessarily yeah publicity it wasn't necessarily about writing and that was the thing it was only because of the pandemic that I even thought I'd take it because originally she was hosting a um, a writing retreat weekend in Chicago in July and so as the months crept closer weeks crept closer to that and it became apparent it's like mm, nobody's going anywhere in July and she said well I'm doing this other workshop maybe you'd want to join that and I go oh publicity <laughs> I didn't want anything to do with that I'm not really a very I don't like to be in the spotlight so I've always that's that's why I felt like my job always was so great for me because as a producer I got to be the person behind the scenes yeah. I got to ask the questions I got to shape what other people would say I got to write the scripts I got to edit the interviews I shaped, it's like I'm the behind the curtain person. Yeah. Um, so the idea of building a platform, I'm like, I just, I, I don't like social media. I don't like really, right. any of yeah, those. I don't like putting my stuff out there. I, I'm very, I'm somewhat private. And it's not to say that I don't feel like I have a lot to share, but I just don't like being in the spotlight. So yeah, so sorry, I know I lost my train of thought. No, I was just going to say, what made you finally sign up for it? Well, it was like, I had signed up and that was what she was offering. So I was like, oh, all right, what the hell? So I said, yes. And she sort of explained, and I knew that, you know, well, this is something that I, I'm aware of mm -hmm. having other friends who have been writers and such. It's like, if you ever want to get a book deal, you need to have a following so I was like well let's say you know so yeah. I did it somewhat reluctantly but Nadine was so her approach was so like what how do you want to feel what do you want to do and what are the activities that make you feel the way you want to feel and those were the things that um again like as I look back in my journal I was like okay this doesn't necessarily make much sense to me, but I love when I go out for my run and I listen to a podcast. I feel yeah. energized yeah. and I want to feel energized. Like that was what I said. So how can we create something about wanting to feel energized and wanting to feel inspired? And I was like, okay, I can do that. Like there's a way I want to feel, you know? So that was sort of how that happened and I think what she asked us and this is a good question y'all so she she said instead of visualizing where you want to be imagine how you want to feel 
So think of, I think she said, you know, five words that you, you know, six months from now or a year from now, how you want to feel. And so Michelle said energized. And, you know, some of us were saying like, I want to feel empowered. I want to feel, you know, engaged or interested or curious or so if you're like, I have no clue what to do next, I don't have any interest, <laughs> then at least think about how you want to feel. Yeah. And it may be different than you currently feel. And that'll move you forward in the new direction. And that really, I guess now, just hearing you say that now sort of ties into the fact that that was what I was consciously trying to do, especially in my recovery. It was really about knowing how I feel because I, I do think that in my childhood, this is where my memoir goes a little deeper, but I was raised as a Christian scientist. And I think a lot of what I was taught was about denying any negative feelings. And so I pushed a lot of feelings away, which people do for all kinds of reasons. Mm -hmm. So I think the idea of paying attention to how you feel um, resonated with me certainly through Nadine because it was something that I was trying to do for myself anyways as I was recovering from my surgery and trying to understand more emotionally what do I feel about things and to, yeah. to be honest about those with myself first and foremost. And Michelle brought up in our small group, she brought up that she wanted to tell women's stories. And we were all women. So at first, I didn't put two and two together that it was a podcast. I don't know if you even thought that that was a podcast. I think you just thought, I want to hear you women that I really have come to like. I want to hear you tell your stories. Yeah, it's funny that you say that because it had been sort of this parallel thing that had always been in the back of my mind like I would love to hear other people's stories and then as we join the group I'm listening to all you guys tell your stories and I'm like this would be great and it sort of just popped I'm like oh my god this like maybe they would all want to do a story if I started this podcast so that was sort of how it started so we're working on it hope has yeah. hope is on one episode uh <laughs> I'll, you didn't ask me yet, but I'll say it's called Daring to Tell. <laughs> yeah, so Michelle, um, tell, us, tell us about how you came up with that title and that theme for your podcast. Well, so I had taken a, a class at Grub Street Writers um, in Boston a long time ago. It was called The Risky Personal Essay. So this idea about, you know, sharing your truth even though it might be difficult, had been kicking around in the back of my head for a while. And then this is another thing that was weird. If I can find that page in here, Hope. But it was like, it, I after I had taken this um, memoir workshop in Maine, mm -hmm. which was like, oh, we ended up living in Maine. Um, I had met some writers in that memoir workshop and I had an idea. I said, I woke up this morning with an idea to start a literary journal and a podcast and I'm going to call it, tell it. Yes. And I looked in my journal. I'm like, Oh my God, I had that idea way back when. And I wrote about like, I had apparently woken up uh -huh. with it after doing it, like working with these women then. 
Um, so maybe in the way that your um, sister-in-law, Lauren, is like the universe tugs at our sleeves with an idea. Yeah. Maybe this was it. So I was like, all right, I have to do this. And I just started writing to you all and saying, what do you, do you want to tell a story? What about this? Let's do it. And it makes me feel energized when I do that. So yes, I can been, tell you, you light up when you're doing like a, an interview and when you're editing and y'all should listen to her podcast for the way to do it the right way. Oh, stop. There's it is so fancy. <laughs> you are too sweet. That's very nice. It's I, I just get jazzed, honestly, putting words and music together. It's yeah. sort of like those two things come together in me, that music that was part of my core and the storytelling. And I like, sometimes hope I literally like my old people back at work that can tell you I would like jump out of my chair and be like you have to listen to this because yeah. I just like get so excited about it so <laughs> so you're so I was looking at the future what do you have coming up in the next few months you have your podcast right yes oh gosh this is really feet to the fire moment <laughs> here because yeah um I am slated and I should be on track to launch my podcast, Daring to Tell, uh, on January 14th. I'm hoping for the launch with the trailer and then weekly episodes starting on the 21st in 2021. Um, I have mapped out almost entirely one season and we'll see how that goes. And I do keep writing away. Um, on my memoir and I do have a weekly newsletter that I have been putting out to my little circle of people who I think will listen to me whining about all the stuff that oh, I get so nervous about living yeah, here in Maine chasing <laughs> mice and raking leaves and yeah if y'all want to subscribe to a delightful newsletter and hear about life in Maine through Michelle's eyes, and she's a wonderful writer, how can they, do they send you an email to sign up? Yeah, I'm still working on my way. I have a website, so they could sign up there, but I'm still, that's another one of the things on my to-do list. I got to get my website, like, so that's I can insane. see when people write. <laughs> yeah, you do but, it. Then. Yeah, I'll do it. Michelle at michellerado.com but go to go to my website michelle Ray, it's michelle rado michelle with two l's r-e-d-o.com and i have a newsletter sign up there yay yay y'all can't see her face on zoom but she's like eek i'm so scared i said it out loud i know uh I'd Thank rather you. be behind the scenes. <laughs> I know. I know. Well, don't worry. I'm not putting your video out there. Just, <laughs> just the audio. Phew. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us today and daring to tell your story on my podcast. Thank you so much, Hope. This was really fun. I really, really appreciate you having me and we'll talk again soon, I'm sure. Thank you for choosing to listen to this podcast, Recharting Your Life with Hope. Everything I discuss in this show reflects my own views and opinions and not those of my employer. Although I'm a physician assistant in my real life, any advice or tips you hear on this show should not be used as medical advice. 
If you like what you hear, come on over to HopeThePA.com or follow me on Instagram at HopeThePA.com.